What's up, Bulls Nation? And welcome in to the CHGO Bulls Podcast, presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to live your bet life. We're coming to you live here from our West Loop Studios, downtown Chicago. I'm Matt Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. You can follow Big Dave here at Bow BWL Sports. Will Gottlieb is at Won't Gottlieb. And making one of his regular appearances with us, it's our pal from down under, Mr. Mark K on Twitter at MK Hoops. What's up, Marky Mark? Hey, friends. How are you going? Hopefully you have uh, calmed down today, Matthew. No, no, I'm still pissed about last night. Are you not? (laughs) This shirt changes. The the hair changes color as far as the mood on the shirt. (laughs) So that used to be like red (laughs) before. Yeah, he's he's toned down a little bit, but it's still cautious. (laughs) So I was watching yesterday's show. I watch every show, even though I'm not on them them all. I'm I'm watching them all. And uh, I'm glad I wasn't on last night. I was thinking about coming on yesterday's show, but I, I ultimately didn't. And it's probably a good thing because Matt, when you were going on that rant yesterday, all I was doing was just laughing. <laughs> so it's probably good I wasn't on because I would have been laughing at your face while you're getting angry. So uh, it, it worked out for the best, I think, for everyone. <laughs> I did see your comment uh, about yeah. so, something along the lines of like, uh, who 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 hurt this man? Why is he taking it out on the Bulls? The Bulls hurt me. They the hurt Bulls man. hurt me last night, and I'm man. still reeling from it today. Yeah, that was kind of just a very disappointing embarrassing flat performance yeah um in case you missed it be, be lucky that you did the bulls got blown out by 30 against the milwaukee bucks last night so much for that momentum after the toronto win um i mean like we talked in post game last night about how it was just a couple of possessions that really started the bulls reeling with uh, the Bulls, uh, Billy making his first couple of substitutions. It was 20 to 20 yeah. with about three and a half minutes left in that game. Yes. The subs start coming in. That f- key foul that has Connaughton at the line for three free throws. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the end of the third quarter, the Bulls are down 13 after being tied 20 to 20 in the yeah. span of three and a half minutes. And then the first three and a half minutes of the second quarter, more of the same, the Bulls are down 20. You know, I think what made it worse was one of the things we have been saying is the Bulls have been coming out flat against these teams. You know, especially talked about it during the Sacramento game, how flat they've been coming out and then trying to play catch up, you know, the rest of the time. This time they came out and Vooch, who has not been doing it like that, was on fire. You know what I mean? He was doing his thing, hitting his threes and his jumpers, getting his rebounds. He was looking good. Then he pulled him and then we didn't see him again. Until, what, about eight minutes or something left in the, in the second quarter. And by that time, you know, the floodwaters had caved in, and it was just really sad at that point. It was weird because, you know, the last, actually the last few games, I've gone back and watched some film to try to figure out, like, what's going on uh, with the offense specifically over these last few games. And Vooch has gotten off to a, a couple of hot starts mm-hmm. where he, you know, just diving to the basket, uh, getting easy passes for layups. And, yeah, I, I we credit Billy all the time for – you know, being flexible and right. trying things out with rotations. But that one was kind of a surprise to me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, t- last 10 games, Vooch is averaging 19 points, 10 rebounds, shooting 50% from the field, 37% from three. So he's doing his thing as a third option. Nobody is happier seemingly... than Mark about it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The Vooch apologist is on today uh, at, at perfectly timed. But, I mean, like, DeMar just hasn't been DeMar. We've talked about it before. Defenses are changing the way they're, they're guarding him, and he's struggling through that. He's, he's only about 45% from the field of late. Obviously, he's not going to turn up from a three-point perspective as, that, as well, but his free-throw attempts are down as well. And, and we know Zach is sort of hot and cold based on his knee injury. So your two lead guys at the moment aren't performing necessarily like they were before, particularly DeMar, like where he was a top-five MVP guy. Like that guy's disappeared now, which is... Not unsurprising, but he's just settled back into regular all-star type level rather than superstar level, which we should have seen coming, I suppose. And we were always, I guess, that was always a risk, but um, I guess it's here now. And, and the way teams are sort of gearing up and defending the Bulls is different. But to, to Will's point, it's really the offense that is stagnating at the moment. And like over the last 15 games, the Bulls are like, I think they're bottom five in offensive rating and they're like 20th in defensive rating. So it's... You know, the defense isn't good, and it hasn't been good for a while, but it's actually the, the offense that's stumbling right now, which is causing the Bulls' problem. It, uh, it seems mean to say that DeMar has regressed because of everything he's done for the Bulls this season, but Mark is correct in that he's just kind of normal all-star DeMar instead of Super Saiyan DeMar. Yeah. And the Bulls needing him to be that ridiculous level of DeMar to win games mm. is one of the reasons why they have stopped winning games. 
Um, I thought DeMar had some interesting comments after the loss last night okay. when he was kind of asked about, you know, you're a vet, you've been around a long time, you've been on teams that have made deep playoff runs. Are your teammates in that Bulls locker room starting to figure out what exactly it takes to be an elite team and to be an elite team to beat the other elite teams in the league? Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey, do we have that quote from DeMar, that graphic we can take a look at? I thought it was fairly telling. Um, understanding what it's going to be like and even tougher come the playoffs. We're going through it right now. Mm-hmm. What you call battle wounds, battle scars, we're kind of taking them all on the chin right now. It's going to show us what we're made of. I, I mean, wise words from a guy who's been a you know Hall of Fame caliber player in the, in the NBA for a decade plus. It doesn't necessarily give me, a Bulls fan, a vote of confidence that whatever is missing in that locker room for them to not fold like they did in Milwaukee last night is something that's going to change between now, the remaining 10 games of the regular season, and a play, hopefully a playoff series. Mm. For me, I, and, I, and I keep kind of saying this, like you can't really skip steps in the, proce- in the progress, man, in the process of what they're going through. Nobody really knows how to win yet on this team. DeMar DeRozan – uh, Caruso, Tristan Thompson. There you go. Those are your guys who have seen winning been and there. Have used to doing it. You know, and been there, done that several times. Everybody else, including Lonzo, is not used to it. So they're used to none of these games kind of mattering this late in the season. All of this is brand new to them. Winning streaks are new to them. You know what I'm saying? Losing streaks are, are not. <laughs> Losing streaks are not. That's why they're in this comfort zone that's that we why. don't like because that's where they're comfortable at. And that's, where, that's why everybody's really confused about what's going on. But this is what their normal, sadly, has been. So that's what their default has been. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's a step in the process, man. They're going to take these, you know, ups and downs and these bumps and bruises. But, damn, it's the way that they're taking them that is alarming to everybody. Yeah, that, that's what it is for me is that, like, basically – Right now, defenses are saying, okay, we're going to get the ball out of DeMar's hands and, right. like, literally anybody else beat us. Right, yeah. right And right. they're making that bet, and they're winning because nobody else is putting the ball in the basket. And um, I think there's probably something, you know, what you're saying, that, like, they just haven't had the, like, the mental struggles, the emotional, like, try to figure this out as a group yet mm-hmm. where they just haven't been able to do it. Yeah. And that's a problem they've, like, all acknowledged that, like, once they figure this thing out, They'll be okay. They've seen how good they can be. And it kind of reminds me of how they um, struggled against zone early on in the season. I don't think they've, like, really yeah, figured yeah. it out. But mm-hmm. the once, Heat really showed that, yeah, early. Once they, uh, once they did start to figure it out, teams have to stop doing that. Mm. And so, I, you know, you would like to think they figure out how to beat these traps. It shouldn't be that difficult. It's, like, a fairly simple process where you dump it off and then Vooch makes a play. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, they're not able to do it. And I think it's getting in their head a little bit. Yeah. They're not shooting as well. They're not shooting as much. And that's just a huge problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I agree with all this, to be honest with you. And and I say that for a number of reasons. For like for starters, like DeMar can say whatever he wants there. But at the same time, he and he and Donovan were both complaining about the foul calls after the game yesterday, which, fair enough, I understand half the fan base was doing the same as well. But to me, they kind of lost the game within the game. Like... DeMar complaining about all these calls, complaining about the free throw disparity. Like, you'd already lost at that point. Why are you complaining complaining about the calls? And same thing, like, to, to DeMar's quote there, like, if you're talking about learning to win, understanding what you're made of, um, you know, you need, we need to find out who we are before the playoffs and those sorts of things. Like, DeMar had some truly egregious defensive plays in that third and fourth quarter. The one where... I mean, you guys referenced it on the show yesterday, but where Caruso was basically calling for the switch, DeMar just, for whatever reason, didn't switch back, and Grace Allen got an un- uncontested layup. Like, I mean, that's just execution errors. So, like, that that should have nothing to do with understanding who you are or not not, not knowing how to play in big games or, or these sorts of things. Like, that's just basic, basic execution stuff. So, I don't, like, I mean, they can talk that talk if they want. You, you, you know, every beat writer is talking about how the Bulls are 0-16 against the top three teams in each conference, which, you know, fair enough. But at the, at the end of the day, to me, it's just like basic execution errors, which they shouldn't be making. And I don't know how you fix that. I don't think it's just purely an experience thing. There's been a lot of teams that, you know, have, have never really played in big games. Like, look at the Memphis Grizzlies, for example. Like, that's... That's a new put-together team that's far younger than the Bulls, and they're seemingly just running all over the league at the moment. So, I don't know. I don't, I don't really buy that as an excuse, to be honest with you. Me, so those, those things different, man. Yeah. <laughs> those things, to me, are linked together. Like, they're making these mistakes. Maybe it's a 
function of poor execution, but then they're letting it affect them on the next play. Yeah. And they need to turn that off. Yeah. Billy said it, or I can't remember if it was Billy or DeMar. Like, they need to be able to shut off these runs. Right. Yeah. And just, like, snap out of it, get to the next play. And, I mean, DeMar's doing it, too, so it's not just a young player thing. Right. Where, like, you got to stop complaining. Like, you got to take your lumps in the middle of a game and just be like, okay, let's go execute on the other end mm -hmm. and chip back into this game. Like, I was saying it last night while we were watching. Keep chipping away. You're down 15. Get you it do. to 12. Yeah. Get it right. to 10. Mm -hmm. Like, they're just – they're letting this spiral out of control. And I think that is uh, – I don't know if it's, like – maybe it's not an experience thing, mm -hmm. but it's just, like, a – an immaturity thing to me. Yeah. Mm. Like, and I don't think that execution and effort when we're talking about those two things are necessarily mutually exclusive and that they kind yeah. of, you know, are a gray area that sometimes overlap. That's kind of what you were talking about just now, Will. Um, and, and, you know, uh, Mark, you mentioned that one Caruso play that had him frustrated, which was the first of two Grace and Allen layups late in that game that damn near had my head explode. Caruso also had some interesting thoughts post game. Um, and his were kind of framed in a way of, we actually don't struggle with these certain things at home all that well. At home, we're good. When we go on the road for whatever reason, we have problems with execution, and then execution leads to effort. Uh, do we have that quote from Caruso also, Joey, that we could take a look at? Um, I mean, it's because he, he talks about execution here, and he talks about the fact that this team mentally is just not ready for some of these games against elite competition. You've got to know that you've got to know what you're in for. You've got to be ready for things not to go your way and respond, whether it's settling for the easy route on offense, not competing enough on defense and in little instances like box outs, one-on-ones, forcing catch, uh, catching out farther, getting covers right. You want to win on the road. You can't mess any of them up. We're messing too many of them up. That's a high basketball IQ guy. Yeah. Right there, telling you, rattling off a, a, numer a numerous amount of specific execution problems, mm -hmm. but they're execution problems that stem from a lot of things that are about effort. And yeah. that's the really frustrating compounding issue to me. Yeah, and what also is driving me crazy is those turnovers also that they're making. Because they're not turnovers because of the great defense another team is playing. They're just simply, I can't dribble the ball up the court right now. You know, we see Zach Levine. You know, we, he's dealt with that a lot. You know, that's a given. Kobe White, that turnover he had yesterday where he just basically <laughs> threw it out of bounds for yeah. no reason. It was just absolutely crazy to me. Um, the, the hot potato they were playing uh, when Vooch was throwing. That one crazy sequence, it, it, just like a hot potato going yeah. around. And we didn't end up with the ball. They did, and they ended up scoring. It's, it's those kind of things that compounded and – Kind of what Marquez is saying, like, those are the things you control. That has nothing to do with it. That's just them. You know what I mean? Those are mistakes that are simple that they are making. That's just two plus two is four, and they can't figure out that equation yet. Yeah, and I've been harping on it for a while. It's like they need to treat all these games like, like it's the last five, six minutes of a close game. They come out, and that's why Caruso has been starting these last two games. That's what yeah. Billy has said is, mm -hmm. like, we need him to, like, get us going from the jump. Yeah. But they're still not executing, and I think it's just – Perfect uh, quote from Crusoe there. It's like, it's not just like play a good game. It's like every single possession has mm -hmm. to be executed. Right. And that is like the mental stuff that DeMar struggles with. Yeah. And like, there's nobody really on the team other than like maybe Tristan who's going to like tell DeMar, dude, right. figure it out. Right. I, I mean, like I last night and then again this morning couldn't help but think of Bulls legend Norm Van Leer. Mm. What would he always say mm. when he was rocking pregame and postgame? Mm -hmm. 48 minutes of, of intensity. There you go. <laughs> intensity. Yes. And look, we have seen the Bulls put together a 48-minute effort, what, five times, maybe eight times in the span of 72 mm -hmm. so far. Mm -hmm. And Mark, you always talk about margin for error for this team and that fact that it is pretty darn narrow yeah you cannot get away with playing for a half you cannot get away with hanging your head because you've missed a couple of shots in a row or come up empty on offense a couple of possessions in a row and let it affect your defense mm. this team is not talented enough to get away with that and yet they still come out flat or have flat stretches like they did last night where half the guys on the floor look like they're playing at 6.5 out of 10 mm. and that's that's bullshit to me that's inexcusable to me 
Yeah, look, no, I, I can't, I can't argue with that. I guess what's frustrating for me as well is coming back to the ex execution point. Like, I would argue the Raptors game was more important in terms of the whole seeding perspective. Yes, the Bucks game with a back to back it was a game against the defending champs, a game against a you know a top three team who the Bulls have struggled with all season. So, I'm not discrediting the Bucks game or its value or, or its importance, but like that Raptors game had a ton of weight on it from a pure seedings perspective. And the Bulls in that third and fourth quarter just executed so well on defense. So, like, we know they can do it. I I, I don't want to say they, they got it done there because it was at home versus being in Milwaukee. Like, Milwaukee's basically home anyway. So, like, I, I again, I don't, want, I don't want that to be an excuse for the team. So, we've, we've seen that they can execute. We've seen them run, you know, you know, really sound defensive possessions. I don't know why they crumbled against the Bucs yesterday. Like, against Toronto, they were br uh, brilliant in those defensive possessions. So... I, look, I don't know what the answer is, um, but we've seen them execute at when they need to, but then sometimes they just mentally crumble for whatever reason. I, I don't know why that is. I think, like, this is just a, a guess, but, like, they've won so many close games. DeMar's mm -hmm. clutch numbers this year are, like, just absurd. I don't mm -hmm. have them Very. off the top, but he's, like, obviously won two games for the Bulls mm -hmm. in the final seconds, and you can probably tack four or five more onto that. Sure. Um, like, is there a sense of we know we can win these games if we just keep it close. And so we'll just kind of hang around. And then in the, in the fourth quarter, the last six minutes, whatever it is, they'll turn it up. But like in games like last night, they just didn't, they couldn't even get there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. why, why are you waiting? This is the point in the season where like every possession matters mm -hmm. and they can't like, I, to me, it is more of an execution than effort thing because like guys are going to go out there and try hard or like try within some standard deviation of like the same amount. But like, if you're not focusing and channeling that effort into executing every single possession, mm -hmm. they're going to keep losing these games. Mm. Execution matters. Um, but there is, we got people in the comments, Todd Packer, shout out Todd Packer, uh, saying teams aren't scared of this diva team. The word around the NBA is that if you bully the bulls, they will fold. I, I don't want to beat a dead horse with this, but I am starting to be concerned that this is a team full of nice guys. Mm. You know what they say about nice guys, right? What's that? They finish last. Hey. Um, but, I mean, it was it was really fun for the first half of this season mm. to see all of those bromance moments between Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan, sure. how happy they were. Sure. DeMar DeRozan is even somebody who's talked uh, uh, openly in the NBA and got that ball rolling about mental health and the fact that he struggled sure. with depression all these And he has felt and expressed as much that he's genuinely happy playing for the Bulls this season. Zach Levine is genuinely happy for the first time since he came to Chicago for the first time in his NBA career because he's got a decent enough squad to win more games than he's losing. At least <laughs> there's a baby step there in Zach Levine's happiness. Yeah. But happy only gets you so far. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, the way that the Bulls just tucked their tails between their legs last night when they were getting embarrassed by the Bucks like that. Mm -hmm. You talk about the goon factor, Big Dave. Mm -hmm. We thought maybe Tristan would add some of that, but, yeah. you know... Other than that silly herky-jerk shit with Ibaka and maybe, you know, one other instance since he's been coming on board, that, that's not just one guy. You need a team to have some collective nasty in them. Shout yeah. out Greg Popovich. I want some nasty. Yeah. This Bulls team, we love the smiles because mm -hmm. none of us have smiled for five freaking years. Actually, me. But <laughs> I need some nasty. Yeah. I, no, you know I, you know I love that, <laughs> and I completely agree with that. It's a necessary thing in the NBA to have that kind of mentality and to have at least one of those or two of those players with that mentality. You can't really name me too many great teams that don't have that mentality. I mean, you can even look at the Phoenix Suns. Like, those dudes are execution. Those dudes are finesse. But those dudes are nasty, too. CP3 starting it off. You know what I mean? He's a bulldog. Jay Crowder. Uh, uh, JaVale McGee. Biombo. Oh, my God. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what they got. That's who they are. Miami Heat from top to bottom. They're full of them. Uh, Milwaukee. You know what I mean? Heat culture. Heat culture, yes. Oh, my God, yes. That's the culture there, yeah. You need that thing. And, the, and I'm glad you said that about Tristan because now it's lip service to me. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Because I heard him talking crazy, talking yeah. that tough. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But as I tell you all the time, that saying ain't like doing. You know what I mean? Like, he can talk it all he want. 
but he couldn't walk that yesterday. And we needed some walking, right. you know what I'm saying, yesterday. And we did not see that at all. I'm going to do it against Serge Ibaka. Yeah, we saw it in the fourth quarter. No, nah, bro, that's not walking, man. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? That's crawling. That was the dumbest moment of the game. the silliest thing. It did, it, it did nothing. Yeah. It meant nothing. But you need that on this team, man, especially a team of guys who are showing you, you know what I mean, like, hey, you know, we're – we're nice, you know what I'm saying? We're camaraderie, all that. You need somebody to little protect them a little bit. Like kind of like Kurt Thomas was the same way when Derrick Rose was here. It's that same kind of thing. Yeah. You need that stuff. And people who want to call it meathead stuff, I dare you to name some of your favorite bulls from the 2000s without saying Joe Kim Nola times gets. I dare you. You can't do that. You know what I'm saying? You need those tough guys in there, man. That mentality has to be. I'm not saying they got to be dirty. You know what I mean? You don't have to go punch somebody in the face like that, but you have to set the tone. Like, yo, you are not coming in here doing that to us. We don't go for that. Any thoughts I, to add I on that, Mark? Yeah, I hate this trope so much. If there's one thing that, like, really fires me up, it's this this idea that you need to have goons or you can't be a nice guy team or anything like that. And, like, wh- who was the goon on the Spurs, on those Spurs team? Like, they played hard. They played well. They played smart. But were there any crazy dudes out there being you know, goons, so to speak. Like, I know Tristan Thompson was maybe meant to be that here, but I don't I don't buy that at all. To me, like, it's, it's all about your talent level. It's all about who you are as a team and, and your skill level, your execution. And, and Matt, you referenced this before, but I keep coming back to it. Like, this margin of error thing, like, that that to me matters more than if you've got some dude that's going to come in for five or ten minutes and just, you know, throw some hands. Like, that to me doesn't really matter. Like, the Bucks, like, let's take the Bucks for example. Like, who is the goon on that squad that is going out there and being a real enforcer from a pure physicality perspective like they got drew holiday and chris middleton like those two are the most sorry bobby portis dude. former bull how disrespectful <laughs> uh, can you be that's Mark? A goon right there. he's called crazy eyes like that's what he does his no, nickname is no crazy eyes don't even get me started what? Bobby portis, oh man but, uh, but yeah, I, I just don't believe in that trope at all like i don't think that's the difference between the bulls being you know within this game or being you know belted by 26 points i don't to me that doesn't matter i don't think that's you know, even close to why they're, they're losing these games. That, that doesn't matter at all to me, to be honest with you. Yeah, for me, it's, I'm not saying it like, okay, now that we have this goon, that means that we're going to be a team that teams have to uh, take seriously. We're going to go deep in the playoffs and make that kind of run. No, no, I'm just talking about establishing the mentality. And when you come in here, listen, I watched Steven Adams pick up Tony Bradley and carry him off the court. You can't have that. That can't be a thing. You know what I mean? Especially here. And I know it might sound like that, but in Chicago, those people are respected. Those kind of dudes. Yo, boy, Jimmy Butler is all about that. (laughs) He's all about that kind of life, man. That's who he is. You know, you have to have those things here, especially here in the city. Like the finesse and the execution will put them in the seats. But that kind of tough stuff will put you in their hearts. And that's what matters here in Chicago, man. Those people love that kind of thing. It, it's a thing. It also lets you stay closer and scrap closer in winnable games where your finesse, your gorgeous pop spurs basketball execution mark is not what's leading you to victory because that's – look at this Bulls squad. Look at our roster. Bulls fans way overprojected after a strong start because of a soft schedule, uh, you know, and Herculean DeMar – to be more than what they were. But right now, looking at the reality, the Bulls are not a great team. They're a mediocre team. What does a mediocre team not have? Pops Spurs offensive execution. I saw, uh, shout out to the, for the great name, Spook Longley in the comments saying, <laughs> did, did the Warriors have nasty? No, you know what they had? Maybe like one of Dream the greatest of collection of talents of NBA players in the history of the league. They can get away with being you. finesse, all finesse, and no, and no nasty. The Bulls don't have enough talent and enough finesse to not have the nasty. That is my whole freaking point. I'll tell you, Bruce Bowen and Steven Jackson, yeah. too, man. Them dudes was goons. On Draymond was nasty. I think there's, like, an element of the Bulls. Like, I think it's good that they're poised in general. Sure. But there's an, And that they like to, like, think their way out of things. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I appreciate that. I think that's a very cool approach. Okay. But I think whether it's uh, outward or inward, they need to have a – a mentality where, and it goes back to what we were just talking about, where where they're strong-minded, strong-willed enough to say, okay, we messed up this execution. They got a backdoor layup. Okay, shut it off. Mm-hmm. On to the next play. Right. And I think that's like, that. it's not the same as just like being nasty outwardly, but it's like a, an element of mental toughness and awareness yeah. that I think they just haven't really had lately. Right. And I don't know if like having... Tristan Thompson out there, you know, hard box out, like get, coming in and get six fouls, whatever it is. I don't know if that solves the problem. I don't think it is. But I do think there's a problem right now with just the collective ability to 
have the next play mentality and like think their way out of things. Like they're if that's their calling card, which it was for the first sixty games of the season, they haven't been able to figure out traps. So mm. what's next? They yeah. gotta figure something out. All right. Oh. Okay, uh, we, we <laughs> want to talk about some more stuff, including the Bulls bench really did not help them out all that much last night, and that has been a, a bad trend for the Bulls all season long. So we'll talk about that next on deck. Plus, we have to get to a specific part of that Bulls bench discussion, which is our boy Mark. He, he wants oh. to talk about Tristan versus Derek Jones Jr. at it's that so back smart, of five man. spots. <laughs> we'll, we'll do that coming up, too, as well. Stick with us. But first, Big Dave, tell yeah. the people about the great fun at points bet oh, would you please oh i got luke stuck meyer on me man he came to me i was the one of the easy one did it was the ad read so here we go we're gonna do it right use that promo code chgo when you sign up y'all because that is how you can support us here at chgo use that promo code chgo when you get that points bet app and when you sign up you will get two risk-free bets up to two thousand dollars did you hear what i said two thousand dollars but that's not it no, 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 no. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you will receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of the web content, and you'll even get that free T-shirt and your choice from that CHGO locker. And again, that Chicago Sky one, that's my favorite. That joint is fire. That's $2,000 in free bets. Nice. A free CHGO membership and a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making your $50 first-time deposit at Point. Points Bet and also introducing Points Bet's new feature, live college basketball same game parlay. For that first time ever, you can build the perfect live same game parlay only with Points Bet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. And if you want more, and I know you do. Yes, we do. Yeah. You can boost your live same game parlay. You can watch live, parlay live, boost live, and party live all with Points Bet. And here in Illinois, you can just go ahead and sign up at home. That weather is nasty outside, all right? You can stay at home and download that PointsBet app right now and register from your account from start to finish all from your phone. Plus, PointsBet March Madness, y'all. Mm. Match Madness. All users can earn up to 100 dollars in free bets during each round just place a 50 dollars pregame wager and get a free 5 10 15 20 live bet to be used for that round so what are you waiting for because once the game starts you don't just bet tell them what you do mark it. i have no idea oh, <laughs> right there you live your bet life with points bet yeah, hit did. me joey do it just do it. <laughs> was that Joey or was that a clip? <laughs> yeah, that was Shia LaBeouf, yeah. Mark. Come on, I'm now. gonna go with Joey. It's better to say like it was Joey. Joey. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Joey. <laughs> do they not have points bet in Australia yet? Come on. No, they have Tab no, Sportsbook. Yeah, for bro, it, it makes no sense for me to run with the tagline. I had to throw it back to Dave, who, who would deliver far better than I possibly could. You don't want me selling <laughs> this thing. Come oh, no, on. I'm a passive man. I'm a you facilitator, Mark. You know, you everybody got to touch excuse, the ball, Mark. Baby. That's my excuse. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. It's true. You look, you got to know, you know, I'm a, I know my role. I'm a role player. Dave's a star when it comes to ad reads. You got to feed the stars when it matters. Well, guess what? Good news. We got another new sponsor here at CHGO. Oh. This episode also brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee, mm. y'all. Let me ask you a question. Do you ever feel anxious? Uh, hello? <laughs> Jittery? After you drink coffee? Yep. Right here. Do you have trouble staying focused during the day or have trouble falling asleep at night? Me? All of the above. Yeah. Are aches and pains holding you back from enjoying your day to the fullest? He's 60. Good news. Strava Craft Coffee Fortified with broad-spectrum hemp-derived CBD has already helped thousands of people to improve their overall quality of life by simply enjoying a delicious cup of Strava Coffee. Mm. Strava Coffee is a premium CBD-infused coffee that's exclusively sourced and roasted from premium specialty-grade coffee beans. Sounds Doesn't that amazing. sound nice, Dave? That sounds amazing. The infusion of CBD adds so many benefits, like help with chronic headaches, joint pains. My left knee's been killing me recently because I fell off a ladder because I'm old, and much more. No coffee jitters. Again, if you want to drink three or four cups of coffee a day, which I do. Yes. Feel less anxious throughout the day. Live with fewer aches and pains. Feel alert and focused without the jittery coffee feeling. Relax. De-stress after a long day. I have lots of those. Mm -hmm. I had one last night. Yes, he did. Enjoy a more restful sleep. We all need that. Mm -hmm. You can also 
subscribe, and save with mm. the Strava Coffee Club. Right. Strava's customized subscriptions mean you never have to buy coffee in store ever again. It'll land on your doorstep every two, four, six, or eight weeks, whichever one you prefer, and you'll receive 30% off your CBD-infused coffee every time you order mm. if you sign up for that membership. Strava also offers CBD-infused decaf coffee to help you enjoy more restful sleep. I had one of their decaf cuffs last night after that tough Bulls game. That's amazing. Slept like a baby, y'all. Oh. Plus, full-spectrum CBD tinctures to get the maximum entourage benefits. Here's the best part. Strava roasts fresh and ships straight to your door. What? So, all you people out there in CHGO universe, save 25% off their entire purchase when you use promo code CHGO25. That's 25% off your order at StravaCraftCoffee.com when you use promo code CHGO25 at mm. checkout. Discount coupon valid on non-subscription purchases only. Limit one per customer. Oh, see, Mark, that's your star right there. <laughs> that ain't yeah, like, I, I, it's I Jordan and Pippen over here. I mean, do they do they ship to Australia? I might need to get my hands on one of these things. Yeah, Joey, they ship to Australia. If they don't, we'll send it to you ourselves, Mark. Got that right? <laughs> yeah, you can, look, I'll hold you to that. I want, that sounds pretty good. It sounds like a, an appealing product. Yes, sir. I've, I've been drinking a few cups over the last week. Mm -hmm. I really like it. I had some this morning. So, it was good. Yeah. So this mellowed you down. <sighs> Again. This is mellow, Matt. <laughs> mellow, the Bulls are plummeting in the standings <laughs> with 10 <laughs> games to play, Dave. I can only Fair. get so mellow. Fair. When you said Fair. you had a cup after the game last night, <laughs> you didn't specify that it was decaf. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and I was a little worried for you. Yeah, I just didn't go to bed last night. Right, I just, just kept oh, drinking just coffee, stayed up all night. Rewatching the game right, over and right, over right. and over. Kobe. <laughs> With all the lights in my place turned off, right. and, you know, Veins like bloodshot eyes, sitting this close to the television, just pounding cups of coffee. Is that a vision board? Like, what'd you think of that? Just, just rage watching the Bulls lose by 30. Grayson Allen dartboard just sitting there. <laughs> I heard it all. You just gave me a great idea. Oh, a Why have I not put a picture of Grayson Allen's face on my dartboard? Yeah, yeah, man. Why haven't you? You are slipping. <sighs> well, maybe because you, you didn't want a picture of Grayson Allen. That, that could be it. Mm -hmm. could man be does thing. not deserve yeah, to be in my look, house. It, it was your birthday last week, yeah, Matt? Yeah, it was. Yeah, so look, well, I was thinking, I think, you know, Dave, Will, you know, and myself, we need to get together and we need to get you like a ticket to like a smash room or a break room. Do you guys have those over in Chicago? <laughs> Like, you need, like, an unlimited pass to one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> one in the CHTO uh, studios there, whereby you just have a little, I don't know, just a little room with some stuff in we there. We have a spare room over there. We can just... Shit. <laughs> get, like, I an amusement park of kind of fast Dude. pass, but just for a room right, where you're allowed you. to break everything in the room. Dude, no, Mark is on to something. He's absolutely 100% correct. That is a perfect right, yeah. gift for you. Release All right, uh, engine, Google yes, a break bro. room. <laughs> we're, we're on this, sir. Like, this is going to happen. This is going to go down. He's uh, right. Wow, that's perfect for you, man. And then, and then you'll be there so many times, you know, you just, they'll see you. They'll be like, oh, right this way, Mr. Brett. Your room is ready. I don't want to be, <laughs> I don't want to be the norm of a place where people go there to break hey, shit because they're angry. I would rather you be the, the norm uh, there. You don't want to be the norm yeah, at that I'd kind rather of you be the norm there than the norm of the guy at the bar who's always got his head on the bar because he's just angry and drunk. We got the that's rage it. room here. Yes, it's only man. a couple hey, miles. Hey, oh my gosh. Should we uh, get a sponsorship? Yes. Oh, let's do it. Oh, <laughs> team working together. I did not even know Mark that K, that was a genius. thing. I didn't know that. Oh, that was a thing. Thing. oh, you didn't know? No. It's a real thing. No, raise rooms are a Hell real yeah. thing. All right. Yeah. Oh, guys, breaking news. Ooh, breaking news. Breaking we got news. breaking news. Mark. We have Woj Uh Shams says uh, Brooklyn Nets star Kyrie Irving will be cleared for home games in New York City on Thursday. Um, change private sector vaccine mandate to allow exemption for athletes and entertainers in the workplace. Unvaccinated Yankees and Mets players also eligible for home games. Mm, wow. So Kyrie, that's, I mean, Kyrie that's is huge a for the Eastern Conference player. playoffs. Wow. That changes everything. Wow. That changes so much, man. Wow. Kyrie is full time, man. That's scary. <laughs> the last time we saw him, he was dropping 50 on people. Like, yeah, that's going to that's gonna be tough and scary, man. Like, wow. No, thank you, please. Yeah. <laughs> About playing him? No. No. <laughs> also also about lifting that rule. No, thank oh, you. Oh, yeah. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. Uh, I'll leave it right, at that. Exactly. I'll leave it at that. Right, right. I think they did it just because the Yankees weren't doing it either. I think that's something. I don't think they do it for a Brooklyn net. I mean, even even if Kyrie were still in that situation where he, you know, in certain road arenas was not allowed to play and was not allowed to play at home, 
still didn't want to face Brooklyn in the first round. No. As no, like, no. you know, but that was more of a worry when the Bulls were still flirting with landing the, you know, one of the top seeds. And yeah. now we've seen Brooklyn be like, okay, well, they, they'll probably get out of the play-in, but they're going to be seven or eight. Mm-hmm. Now you don't have to worry about Brooklyn until if you somehow miraculously get out of the first round yeah. and then yeah, being uh, on the same side of your bracket. Let's like make sure we get out of the play-in first. That is not right. <laughs> a guarantee at this point. Hey, Mark, how did you feel about the Nets? Like even, even without Kyrie, what, what was your uh, mindset on the Nets? Well, mate, they've got Patty Mills, so they're, they're all good. They're all good. They're heart of a champion, Patty Mills. Like, that team's winning a championship because of that man. So, look, I'm not claiming Kyrie. You guys can have him. He's, he's, um, he's a fake Australian. But um, shout out to Spook in the, in the, in the uh, chat here. Uh, I see you, my Australian friend. But, uh, yeah, no, look, this is going to be interesting. Like, I, I still think they need Ben Simmons, to be honest with you. Like, I still question their defense. But at the same time, if Kyrie and Durant just go absolutely ham, in the half court offense, then I don't really care who you are. Like there's no stopping that. So there's no stopping their offense. It's just whether their defense can hold up, I guess, but this is huge. This potentially changes the scope of the playoffs. So um, yeah, I not ideal. <laughs> <sighs> Breathe. Um, well, good for Kyrie. Congratulations. <laughs> um, we wanted to talk about the bulls bench production last night mm-hmm. and sort of the trend of the bulls bench production this season. It has been a problem more often than it, has not. Uh, last night, outscored by the Bucks bench, forty-three to twenty-seven. Mm. I've seen worse spreads than that from the Bulls bench, and I've seen better. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bulls bench shot nine of twenty-seven last night for a solid thirty-three percent from the field. <laughs> okay. And again, and we talked about it at the top of the show, mm-hmm. everything started to go south at that three and a half minute mark of the first when Billy started going to the bench. Mm-hmm. So it was twenty to twenty. Um, Pat and Kobe check in. Then shortly after that, DeMar comes back in after a short break, subs out Zach. Uh, Tristan comes in for Vooch. The first quarter ends 33-20 to 20 after being 20-20. to 20. And then Billy goes back to his starters at the 8.5 mark of the second quarter. By the time he goes back to his starters, Bulls down 43-24. Yeah. That second unit got shellacked. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. What can we do differently? Do you want to see Billy change up the, the rotation on yet again, Mark? What do you what do you see with this Bulls yeah. bench right now? Yeah, so look for me, I understand why Caruso's gone into the starting unit. Um, that makes some sense to me, but to me, this was like the the entire risk of putting Caruso into the starting unit because then all of a sudden, now with Pat back, you've got three really inexperienced dudes in Io, Pat, and, and Kobe coming off the bench. If things go bad, then you're relying heavily on those three to create for you on the perimeter. You got Tristan Thompson in at center, who we'll talk about later on. Um, you know, I don't think he's very good. Again, we'll come back to that later on. But then it just creates a lot of responsibility on DeMar's shoulder to to really sort of, I guess, carry that second unit. And that's effectively the rotation that Billy's going with at the moment. Like his his bench isn't really deep at the moment. Derek Jones Jr. has been shelved. In in, in shuffling Caruso into that starting unit, you're you're making you're you're effectively making that second unit really inexperienced. So when you do get shell shocked in those moments, like they did in that at the end of the first quarter, start of the second quarter, there's no real veteran leadership or, or anyone that matters, at least on the perimeter, to really guide that second unit. That's why you know Demar coming back in is is a necessity, a necessity rather. But if we think back to earlier in the seasons, like those second units had at times had Demar, they had Lonzo, and they had Caruso out there. Like that's why that second unit was so potent and so strong because. You know, it was more of an experience thing. So coming back to what we we're talking about before, whether you need like a, a goon mentality or whether you need uh, like execution or veterans or anything like that, to me, it just comes back to the whole, you know, understanding how to play the game. And, and maybe that speaks to what you were saying before, Dave, around, you know, learning how to, you know, work through these moments and and it's a, it being a process and these sorts of things. But for guys like Io, Kobe and Pat, like they're so inexperienced. So I just don't like the idea of pairing them all up because, it just puts a lot of pressure on like Io's shoulder, for example, to really run that second unit. So I don't like it. I would still be bringing Caruso off the bench for, for that reason. But, um, you know, this is where being without Lonzo really hurts. Mm. Who, do you, who do you think, Mark, uh, on that bench, do you need to see that growth from for this bench to actually do something? Is, is it Kobe shooting? Is it Io's playmate? Yeah. Like, who has to be that one? No, well, to me, Kobe just looked out of sorts last night. He did not look ready at all. Like, I mean, this is what year three for Kobe. He looked like a rookie last night. Um, like I, I can expect that from Io. I can expect that from Pat, it being his second game back in his second season after missing huge amounts of games. But for Kobe, we just can't afford performances where he's that bad offensively. 
Um, you know, fine. You're gonna you're gonna have times when you're not scoring the ball, but you know, you referenced that turnover that he had before, Dave. Like, he just looked like he didn't belong um, yesterday, which is unfortunate because he's had obviously really good games throughout this year. But I don't know, like Kobe just can't afford to do that. The Bulls can't afford that because he's one of the guys who can come off the bench and actually score. Like everyone else on that bench is probably more a defense first guy, I suppose. The Bulls really need Kobe scoring. They need his three point shooting, but. That seemingly has just disappeared against the Bucs. He was really bad. At the, you know, the last time the Bulls played the Bucs, um, he was bad yesterday. You can't have that game. Somebody mentioned that Kobe's – I think. sorry, Mark. I think I saw somebody mention on Twitter last night that Kobe against the Bucs in those three games this season is like yeah. one of 17 from behind the three-point line. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and Io's gone cool too recently. You talk about them needing some kind of scoring production and not just defense guys off the bench. Kobe and Io have both looked – young and tired yeah. or just like their shots have both gone cold recently. And it's yeah. not a great time in the season for both of them to go cold. <laughs> you can maybe survive one of those two guys going cold, yeah. but they've both looked hesitant recently with their shots. Mm-hmm. Drive and maybe, you know, they pass up a mid-range or mm-hmm. they're in a catch-and-shoot situation yeah. and they pass that up and instead try to penetrate. Like, yeah. I don't know what's going on with Pat and Co- uh, yeah, I mean Kobe and, and Io, but we need, we need them shooting and making. It's, it sounds super obvious, but, like, this is the problem with getting injured. Hmm. Like, Lonzo hasn't played. Pat just coming back. Damar has had to do everything and more for this Bulls team. Uh, Zach is not playing 100%. Crusoe, like, I don't think people have really talked about it. He is clearly not 100% healthy. I, I think he's no. shooting, like, 25% since mm-hmm. coming back. Um, they just don't really have anybody who can take on that, that burden that Mark is talking about to sort of spell Damar. Um and even just, like, help him while DeMar is still on the court. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vooch has been playing pretty good lately. I really am glad to see he's actually shooting the ball. Yeah. Like, and not just passing up jumpers or looking to kick it out right away. Like, even if he's missing, he needs to keep shooting because somebody has to do it. It can't just be DeMar at all times because as good as he's been, like, he is a human being. He cannot, <laughs> like, take 35 shots a night mm-hmm. and continue to shoot 55%. Like, the Bulls clearly... That's not sustainable, and they need somebody else to step up. Mm. This is the difference between being, you know, a top five, top ten offense and Come being, on. you know, in the bottom third. Come on with it, Will. <laughs> he is a human being. He is not a meat popsicle. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm shout out Fifth it. Element. <laughs> Look at all this love Mark K's getting in the comments. Bulls Nation loves Mark K. As they should. Uh, mm. Yeah, shout out to my man, Guilty. I, I love that man. I, I hope you well, mate. Mm. Uh, but, look, just coming back to it, like, I mean – I, I don't, I think there are rotational issues that Billy needs to fix. Like if, if we want to talk about things that Billy can control, I, I don't like the idea of pairing all your young guys in one specific unit. And, and you know, if we're talking about DeMar looking more human of late, that makes his life in that second unit so much harder when he needs to carry that entire burden in that second unit, particularly if Io, Kobe and Pat, who's like, we know Pat is going to be a timid dude who's not necessarily going to look for his shot. Kobe can get his shot, but on, on nights that he doesn't have it, like that becomes problematic. We talked about Io's cold stretch. Like if those dudes aren't doing anything and you can't rely on Tristan Thompson to do anything on, on offense, that just makes DeMar's life so much harder. And if he's already dealing with his own issues, his own slump, let's say, I just don't like the balance of that starting unit. And like, yes, maybe Caruso deserves to start over Io, but I feel like you can mask the issues better if Io is slumping by having him in that first unit whereby you can sort of defer to a Zach or a, D- a Damara or a Vooch or whatever it may be. So I think, I, I don't I don't like the change. I, I didn't like it. Instinctively, I didn't like the change. Um, I would go back to it, but um, time will tell. But it sounds like Billy wants to keep Caruso in that starting unit. It's about how you stagger it too. So like when you bring in those three yeah. guys, to Mark's point, with Damar, Damar has to do pretty much everything. Yeah. And then, and I think that's why Vooch came out a little bit early so that he could come back in when Zach came back in. Mm -hmm. And then those two can be sort of tethered together. Mm -hmm. And this would all be completely different with Lonzo in there. (laughs) There's another guy you can like trust to be like a, somebody who touches the ball a lot and makes good decisions. So again, it's like super obvious, but these injuries are really like the effects of the injuries are really Mm -hmm. stacking up where it's not just like guys are out games, but now, Guys are tired from having to carry extra load Mm -hmm. and young guys are hitting a wall Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Like just things are not sort of clicking for everybody. And when it's missing from everyone at the same time, that's when (laughs) things start to look really bad. To Mark's point, you can handle it if 
you know, Kobe is having a right. cold shooting night or mm-hmm. if Io's like a little out of sorts. But if everybody is mm-hmm. playing like this at the same time, it's just it's impossible to overcome because of that margin for error. Yeah, and we saw it early on in the season when Vooch was going through his thing and when Kobe came back and he was going through his thing. It didn't affect you so hard because everybody else was otherworldly at mm-hmm. that point in time, especially DeMar DeRozan. So, yeah, I think what's happening to them now, people thought was going to happen to them early in the season. And, you know, like you said, that time kind of catches up with you and nobody can really outrun that kind of thing like that. It's going to catch you at some point in time and playing these elite teams who now are game planning for you. Like DeMar DeRozan's name yeah, is now up on the chalkboard right and now. And it's too bad because I think it diminishes a little bit from the the whole picture of his season. Mm. Like mm-hmm. I think right now we're in a place where like the first 60 games are still more present in our mind. But if he continues to like have 20 game sample at the end of the season where yeah. people there's recency bias and like, does that affect his like all NBA team? Yeah. yeah. Where he yeah. Falls yeah. I, I was listening to yeah. today's low post yeah, uh, exactly. with, with Zach Lowe and Kevin Arnovitz. And they were talking about exactly that mm-hmm. of, you know, DeMar's yeah. incredible start to the season, but this sort of downturn a little bit. We were talking a month ago about DeMar DeRozan, first-team All-NBA. Like, damn near lock it in, first-team All-NBA. He was an all-star starter. Is he going to finish top five in MVP voting? Mm -hmm. And now it's like, does he make All-NBA third team? Right. right. Some some people might still vote him second. First, out the door. But it's the same thing with, like, how I've been talking about the Celtics, too. Like, the narrative changes as the season progresses. Mm -hmm. And the Celtics Mm -hmm. are playing really well right now. The Suns have somehow Mm -hmm. managed to, like, weather all these injuries that they're having. But, like, as the season changes, you need to be willing to, like, update your thoughts about how the Bulls stand. And I think with DeMar playing the way that he is right now, still very good, but not super elite. Right, correct. Uh, And with other teams, like, getting James Harden and, you know, now Kyrie's allowed to play. Mm -hmm. Like, these things change. And I think that's what is making me a little, I don't know if, like, skeptical or... Uh, uncertain about the Bulls and their playoff run here, but okay. um, they just they don't seem like they're in a good spot as a collective unit. Go go ahead, Mark. Well, I was just gonna say I'm not gonna touch the MVP Demar stuff because I've made half the fan base mad at him. <laughs> they're already mad at me about that. But yeah, to to Will's point, like uh, and and speaking or thinking about you know generally what you need in in the playoffs, like you need a and this is historically speaking, obviously there's outliers here and there, but you need that top five, top 10 guy. The Bulls had that for the first 50 odd games with DeMar. They don't have that right now. Does that change going forward? Hopefully. But like that's, you know, we can boil this down to a different million reasons as to why things have gone off the rails of the Bulls. But at the moment, they just don't have that guy. Like like that, that matters to me more than anything else that we've spoken about today. Like you just don't have that Giannis level guy like who was trucking the Bulls yesterday. You, you can't go to someone like that and particularly with Zach being hurt and, and, and ailing at this point, it doesn't seemingly he's not going to get better. It doesn't sound like uh, it's, it's going to be a problem that they have to work through. But I don't think we should be too surprised if things don't go favorably in the first round of the playoffs, assuming they make that. Well, on that uplifting note, <laughs> Big Dave, why don't you hit us with the points bet one more time? How about I hit them one more time and bring the people right back to where they need to be? Because if you're enjoying CHGO and you're enjoying this podcast as much as we are doing it, one way to help us continue to grow is to download that points bet app and use that code CHGO when you sign up. Because not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but you can make a $50 first-time deposit and you'll receive that free CHGO membership which unlocks all the web content. You'll even get that free t-shirt and you'll get it from your choice from that CHGO. And in case you missed it, Online sign-up. It's available in Illinois. You can actually download the PointsBet app right now. Register from your account from start to finish, all from your phone. You don't have to leave. You can do it right there. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports book, easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life in guess how long? In seconds, Will. In seconds. In seconds you can do it. So what are you waiting for? Because once that game starts, you don't just bet what you do, Will. This is how you do it, Mark. You live... Your bet life. With points bet. So simple. So simple, Mark. Should we lob it up to him again? It's all right, man. No, you 0 for 1. Don't worry. You're getting the ball back again, baby. I'm a passer. I'm a passer, man. I'm going to involve everybody. That's how it works. Uh, uh, Speaking of it. I mean, sorry to say that, Will, but yeah. It did did, did suck compared to that. 
Speaking of involving everybody, um, Billy Donovan has not been doing that with Derek Jones Jr. over the last few games <laughs> since Segway Pat Williams tank. comes back. He's a legend. Uh, <laughs> he's a pro. Mark K., let's, uh, let's kick it to you first here, man, because I've seen a couple of your threads recently about playing Tristan versus uh, getting DJJ back in that rotation spot when you mm-hmm. talk about what you're expecting Tristan to offer you and what he actually has been offering you recently. So what are your thoughts when it comes to this? Look, I've got many thoughts. I've got many thoughts. And uh, our guy in the uh, the chat here, Isaac, is asking, well, why don't the Bulls play Derek Jones Jr.? And I, th- I think it's a fair question. Like, I, I don't understand why Tristan Thompson is getting minutes at this point. It's like, he, he was brought in to, to provide physicality. He was brought in to provide, you know, offensive rebounding, defensive rebounding, rim protection, those sorts of things. Are we getting that at the moment? To me, I don't see that at all. Uh, to me, he looks like a washed-up player who should be at best a third-string uh, starter at this. Uh, sorry, a third-string uh, player within your rotation. He he should be getting the Tony Bradley role at the moment rather than being the backup center. And and why why I just never really liked this acquisition at all was it just goes away from the identity that the Bulls had started to build. Like they were this small, versatile, switching type team, or at least have that capability to be that. And they found something, I think, with Derek Jones Jr. at center. Like, he, Derek Jones Jr. is not a small forward. I don't like him at power forward. I like him at center. Yes, you're going to give up size. You're going to give up rebounding. But whatever you give up, you potentially make up in a lot of different ways. And if we think about who the Bulls were previously, they were getting it done in transition. They were playing, or like, like we saw against the Raptors, they were using their defense to fuel their offense. That disappears when you have someone like at, like Thompson at center who's not necessarily giving you that uh, those defensive vibes that the Bulls had initially. So if you're not getting you know those rebounding traits, you're not getting that physicality, you're not getting that rim protection, then why are we still leaning to this Tristan Thompson experience when he's not good? He's bad. Let's go to Derek Jones Jr. at center because he gives this team something that at least gets them back to their honored identity as to who they were before. Like the Bulls had 29 points off turnovers the other day. I think they had 14 against the Bucs. They had seven, or no, sorry, they had 13 points from the free throw line against the Bucs yesterday. At one point, they only had two. They need to find easy avenues to score, getting out in transition. This is who the team is. Playing small is who the team is. Yes, they're going to give up size, but at this point, who cares? Go back to who you were. Bench Tristan Thompson. He stinks. He's not giving you what you need. So that's my hot take. Tristan's such a guaranteed cash bucket at the free throw line, Mark. Oh, wait, no, he's not. Uh, so I disagree with him being you, trash, you guys but know that, that was awesome. I, 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 I think <laughs> I have decided that I am with Mark on this. I say, oh, really? I, don't know I, say I, I liked small ball DJJ at the yeah. five earlier this season Absolutely when the Bulls right. were strapped. Absolutely I liked right. it, and I'm with Mark on that. It plays to your team's strengths. Mm-hmm. Play fast, play small ball, get easy buckets in transition. I agree. Have a versatile, switchable defense. Tristan doesn't really give you any of that. That's where I stand. What about you guys? Well, I, actually, I had a question, Mark. Uh, do you think the reason we aren't, we haven't seen that, is because of health? Is because Lonzo isn't there? Do you think that's one of the reasons we haven't seen that lineup? No, I don't think so. I don't think that's it. I mean, if that's the reasoning, I don't think that's a good enough excuse. I, I just think, uh, look, I, I just assume that they felt like they needed a bigger body. Um, like they obviously hoped Tony Bradley could be that. He clearly hasn't been that. Derek Jones Jr. isn't a bigger body. They felt like they needed to get that guy in. Obviously, Tristan Thompson was the the best way to go about that, or at least the, the cheapest way to go about that. You didn't necessarily have to give up anything to to, to, to get him through, I suppose. So uh, I, I think it was more just them thinking they needed that type of player to really cement their second unit. But I, I, I just completely disagree with that I you know that, that idea. I, I, I don't think it makes sense to me. So, um, yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm going to keep complaining about it. I, I think Sorry. there's a, there's value in having big bodies out there. Like, I think people hate on Vooch a lot because he has to guard two on one and like mm-hmm. that doesn't always work out for him because yeah. the way that the help and point of attack defense has been struggling. Um, and so just being big and like having your hands up and like mm-hmm. taking up space in the paint, like mm-hmm. that is valuable. And I think that's kind of where in theory Tristan helps you. Um, you know, you'd like to think he can move his feet and he's like the size that you would want somebody to be if you're trying to guard Giannis. Mm-hmm. But the way that he defends is like, it's not helping in the yeah. way that he's supposed to. He's like, he's backing off and allowing Giannis to like get a full head of he steam. He's showing a lot of resistance. And like, he's like not taking up the right space in the paint. Right. He doesn't protect the rim at a super high level. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think he, and 
Mark, yeah, we actually did. The Bulls did give up something to bring him in, which was like yeah. salary cap Blind next season. Reception. So I do think this yeah. is like a significant. Um, this is not like an insignificant acquisition. And then on top of it, you're benching Derek Jones Jr., who is making $9 million on an expiring contract <laughs> yeah. that you should have traded because he's not cracking the rotation. Like, mm-hmm. that's that was an asset mm-hmm. that they could have used at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. So I do think there are a lot of, like, opportunity costs with this, on top of the fact that he's yeah. just not playing very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, think- You make a great point. You make a great point. I was fuming, fuming during that game at one point, thinking, why did we give the biannual exception to this dude? Like, you just remove that possibility of using it next season. We're using it on Tristan Thompson to give him an extra, you know, quarter of a mil. Why are we doing this? That, that's a fair point. That's a good point. But, you know, getting on my soapbox again, and this is a topic that, you know, for whatever reason, I'm really passionate about, maybe because I am a Vooch apologist, but, like, where are all the people blaming the drop defense? Like, have you seen Tristan Thompson play defense? This dude is dropping back further than Vooch is. To Will's point, like... He was letting Giannis just get a complete head of steam driving to the basket. Like, if the point is just to have a drop big play like that, let's, let's just play Tony Bradley. Like, the idea of Tristan Thompson was he would be a little bit more, I guess, versatile on defense. He could get up to the level of the screen. He could maybe switch some. He ain't doing any of that. Put Derek Jones Jr. in. This guy stinks. So just to tack <laughs> on to that. <laughs> I love how that's the tagline every time. At the end. Just to tack so, on to So, you know, yeah, it. we're going to do things like that. And I hope he goes in. This guy stinks. <laughs> <laughs> the TLDR here is yes, this guy stinks. I love it. Um, <laughs> to, to Mark's uh, other point, though, about being really small, um, I think in general it can be a more, like, frightening proposition mm-hmm. to have, like, four – six four guys out there <laughs> and Derek Jones Jr. who's six five at the yeah, five. Yeah. But if you play him in lineups with Pat Will at the four, Correct. now you have a little bit more size. Mm-hmm. You can like uh attack closeouts and scramble in rotations a little bit more easily. I think I you know I've been saying it all along. I like the small ball. Give me Pat Will at five, give me DeMar yeah. at five, give me Derek Jones at the five. Like mm-hmm. I want to see what they can do with those lineups because that is really like how they've built an identity this year. And when they beat the Raptors, they were doing that. And Billy was talking about how great it was to have found their identity again. Mm-hmm. And then last night happened. Yeah. I think you're going to see that though. Like, cause again, Billy Donovan's not beholden to anything. So I think you'll see that going forward at some point in time, but it's got to happen soon, man. Cause Billy, <laughs> it's, it's looking and, ugly out there. And man. I'll say, I've said it before. Like, I do think there's probably a time and a place for somebody like Tristan Thompson, mm. but I don't think it was like guarding Giannis. And I don't think he, has done anything to like earn regular minutes in the rotation. Mm. He'd just be better than Tony Bradley is, is what it is. Yeah, that's a low bar. This guy stinks. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, Mark. I, so I got you. Don't worry. I think, you know, for the most part, we are all of, of like mind when it comes to maybe going back to small ball a little bit to try and play to your team's strengths. And, again, Billy Donovan is very – very much so a small ball coach yeah. in the NBA. I have no issue with chasing lineups at all. I haven't from the beginning. And like, you, do it. There are some people out there who are like, well, bring back the Vooch and Tristan Thompson Twin Towers lineup because we're getting <laughs> killed on the boards every night. And it's like, uh, no. Who said that? Terrible. Oh, they're out there. Oh, okay. I, I saw them in our comments last night. Oh, those comments were amazing. Um, <laughs> and look, did the Bulls get outboarded by the uh, Bucks last night? Yeah. Yes, sig- significantly. Correct. They have tapered off a bit. But after tapering off a bit, the Bulls are still eighth in the NBA in defensive rebounding percentage. Mm. Eighth. And it's with all of these small ball lineups that we've played, eighth. Mm-hmm. They, they have been top five most of the season. It's because Vooch is really good at boxing out. Mm. It's the same thing we saw with Robin Lopez. Years Say back. it like, freaking again, Will. Whether he's getting the rebound himself or not, he changes. He's like incredibly good at boxing out and yeah. um, making sure that the team gets defensive rebounds. Yeah. Nah, Vooch sucks. This guy sucks. Let's <laughs> 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 borrow Mark's line. <laughs> I'm so glad we have another Vooch. Not Stan, yes, but just but Vooch. Just, yes. Vooch. Uh, uh, what do we call it? Uh, appreciator. Appreciator. Uh, truther. Truther. Yeah. A, a, a Vooch truther. I'll take that. Vooch and on. That's me. Yeah, Head of we, Vooch and on. Nah, this guy sucks. Uh, All right. (laughs) Let's get out of here. Six o'clock Chicago time. Everybody go have a nice dinner. Collect yourselves, collect your thoughts. A few deep breaths tonight. Get a good night's rest. And then I'm talking to myself and to our fellow stressed out Bulls fans. Yes. We'll come back tomorrow for Bulls Pelicans. The road trip continues. We got pregame here 
right at CHGO Sports Channel on YouTube. Uh, pre-game 6.30, tip 7, right? Mm-hmm. I believe. Tip 7, you're right. And, uh, mm-hmm. and we'll also be here for post-game as well. In the meantime, mm-hmm. follow us on Twitter. Will's at Won't Gottlieb. Dave's at Bow BWL Sports. I'm at Bulls underscore Peck. Our pal Mark K is at MK Hoops. Give it up for Mark stopping by, everybody. Man down under. This we are at <laughs> CHGO underscore Bulls. Uh, subscribe to the channel on YouTube if you aren't already. Hit that like button if you enjoyed our episode for you today shout out finally to our producers joey and lawrence hanging out with us hey. appreciate you guys that was that was some epic shit joey did at the beginning of the episode that was, that was amazing man that, that well belly done joey was the best. well done all right bulls nation until next time we love you we appreciate you see red be good